what up folks what's going on welcome to episode number 55 zero of the Today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz thank you very much for listening this is another free writing session episode of the podcast for those of you that have listened to the podcast in the past you know there's a couple different formats to it or a handful of different types of episodes rather and um, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, then stick around and you will pick up on it fairly quickly. In this episode, I read and reflect on some free writing, which is located at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. I also speak about my first camping experience, bike riding, watching the documentary Meet the Patels on Netflix, and tips from the book Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott which I recently finished. Most, if not all, of whatever I reference in any particular episode, whether it's a book or a movie or a song or something like that, uh, you will find links to that stuff within the episode notes of each episode. So feel free to check that out. Click on the hyperlinks and it'll take you to uh, the respective pages, whether it's a YouTube page or an IMDb page or an Amazon page uh, to the uh, book title or what have you. So camping, I went camping for the first time and it was a pretty cool experience. My sister-in-law's family, uh, traditionally goes, they go uh, fairly often. Uh, they've gone for a few years and this year my brother and she invited my fiance and myself and we went out to Branchville, New Jersey, and we went camping, and it was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was, it was more, much more comfortable than I pictured or than I imagined, because uh, we did uh, camping with the cabin, and it's not like I was picturing. Like I told my brother, I was picturing uh, like the Hateful Eight type of cabin, you know, where the doors like doesn't close and there's no heat or running water or anything like that and it wasn't anything like that at all but by the same token it's not like a four seasons hotel room or something like that um our cabin had uh you walk in uh like french i think they're called french doors like sliding doors you walk through one of those and you're in the kitchen then to the left, you have one bedroom, and to the right, you have another bedroom. Each bedroom has its own bathroom, and that's pretty much the makeup of the cabin. And each bedroom has uh, bunk beds, which are, like, full-size. The uh, mattress are, like, prison mattresses uh, that, they, you know, those, like, really thin um, mattresses, uh, like, plasticky mattresses. And you definitely have to take, like, all your own, uh, like, pillows and pillowcases and, and, like, bedspreads and, like, shit like that, comforters. So you're roughing it in that sense. Um, But you're definitely not, like, rubbing two sticks together to try to make a fire to keep warm or anything like that. And then right outside the cabin is uh, you're surrounded by trees. And you have a little like front porch uh, section where you have a, a bench 
and like a picnic table type bench thing and you have a fire pit and each cabin has its own setup a similar setup to that and you're pretty much in the woods in the middle of nowhere and um but you're not completely off the grid you're not like you have cell phone reception you don't have uh however like a tv or anything like that uh within the cabin um which is the point right you want to be as like disconnected as possible with those types of experiences and with the exception of having cell phone reception you pretty much are off the grid uh in terms of you know physically being away from from anything really you have like the campground main office nearby and they sell some food there and and like junk food and firewood and stuff like that and shout out to Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, by the way, for mentioning in a podcast that my brother and I heard mentioning uh, fire f- starter wood, I believe it's called starter fire or something like that, um, which definitely made it much easier to to uh, lay fires um, when we were like getting the the pit up and running. So that stuff is definitely worth it. And the the second day though we wound up adding like coal and and um like lighter fluid and shit like that. Um but still it was a pretty pretty cool dope experience. You it like forces you to bond with the people that, that you go with, so that's pretty cool. It's something I would uh, definitely do again. It was like the perfect like blend between, you know, like not like in a tent in the middle of a fucking of the jungle. But it wasn't like ritzy luxury either, you know what I mean? Somewhere in like in the middle of that, of that spectrum. Uh, definitely not uncomfortable, but you don't have the comforts that you're normally like privy to. Like the hot water would go and then come back and you have to wait for it to like fill up or whatever. You're in nature. You're So there's definitely something to that. Um, something like... Uh, like a primal visceral connection to that and you are you know you break the the monotony of your everyday normal life so with the exception again of like there being very good cell phone service um even though like i try to make it a point not to like be on my phone but you know if you guys are anything like me which obviously most of you are we're all like addicted to our phones you know what i mean so, you know, make that conscious effort to not be on it so much. And I think you get that much more out of the experience. I did take some pictures. Um, they were like really nice, like landscapes. And I posted them on my Instagram at Spun Today or the Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today or at spuntoday.com forward slash photography. And you guys can check those out, which I'm pissed at myself, by the way, because I got uh, I got a, a bunch of decent pictures. I think I, I like 12, 12 to 15 of them, like made the cut for the website and stuff like that. But I took like so many more and a lot of them I fucked up just because I, I don't know how to fuck with the settings enough or don't know how to like deal with lighting enough to be able to take pictures the way i at least see them through my um like the eye finder 
so that kind of ticked me off when I uploaded those pictures to the computer and then saw those, you know, a bunch of those shots that I thought were like really dope when I was taking them um, come out like shit. So I don't know, I guess something, something else to work on and get better at. And I think, you know, those like, I don't know how to describe them. They're like caps, not, not like lenses that you put on the front of the, of the actual, uh, lens, but those like plastic long, like caps that kind of look like a, like a hood or like a, like an extension to the lens, like those things. I think that's what I should have used, which I have, but I think that's what blocks out the light enough so that, and I'm completely like speculating or maybe misremembering like photography articles and shit like that that I've read. But I think that's what you use in order to block out the sun uh, or the light uh, coming in and to enough of a degree where the pictures actually look the way they look through your viewfinder. You know, aside from fucking obviously with the, like the ISO and and shutter speed and f-stop and stuff like that um so yeah i'm gonna try that next time i saw a documentary re- recently called meet the patels it was made by ravi and Gita patel they're a brother and sister and uh ravi was actually recently on uh real time with bomar that's why i heard of the actual documentary it's on netflix decided to check it out sounded interesting and it's pretty much a, a first-generation uh, Indian guy that is a first-generation American Indian guy that is here. Uh, his parents migrated from India, and he is in his uh, during the documentary because it was filmed over uh, six to eight years ago, uh, over a span of two years, and he pretty much documented the, 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 I don't know, trials and tribulations, if you want to call it that, of finding a mate and comparing the American love marriage, if you will, um, approach to, to, uh, you know, like getting married and, and being with someone versus the arranged marriage, uh, approach, which is the popular approach, uh, in India which I've actually spoken about in a previous podcast from when I went to India. And I it's I did three podcasts about India. It's definitely not the third one, but it's either India Part 1 or India Part 2, where I go into um, the differences between a love marriage and an arranged marriage. Uh, if you guys want to check out uh, those episodes, they're available within the Spun Today podcast feed. And you should definitely check them out because I speak about, like that was like a a question that I had for the like younger generation of, of uh, people that I was with over there Um, and, and like their take on it. Cause my instinct is that, you know, a younger generation would like balk at that idea and, and not believe in it. But I was surprised with the actual uh, response that I got from them. And then, you know, taking a, a step back and trying to be as unbiased as, as possible it's at face value it's a it's a more efficient system 
inter if you're you know if you're if you're grading it based on divorce rate alone uh you know there are obviously elements of happiness i guess uh that factor into these uh arranged marriages or even like a love marriage you know there's a level of you know is a person happy or are they just in it because they were forced into it and pretty much just dealing and you know i'm sure it goes both ways like for example uh robbie's parents in the documentary meet the patels are uh by all accounts and purposes you know very happy together and he even makes a point to to address that within the documentary and say that you know they're the happiest couple that he knows there is like a practical aspect that that speaks to me about arranged marriages and you know don't get me wrong i you know i'm engaged to be married i'm actually getting married next month and you know it's not it wasn't an arranged marriage or anything like that but there is if i'm uh you know being honest and objective there is like a a practical pragmatic aspect of an arranged marriage that kind of makes sense to me in terms of you know the fact that they have virtually no divorce rate in comparison to the u.s which is well like over 50 percent or something like that in india it's like doesn't even reach double digits and uh part of it is most most likely i'm willing to bet it's like a cultural thing because it's frowned upon to to get divorced um but there is something that's that resonates with me in the sense of i've always been not always but i guess as of late been more of the mindset that a relationship is work like anything else and you have to dedicate you know time and energy to a a relationship in terms of you know boyfriend girlfriend husband wife in terms of a couple just like you would in a relationship of a friendship or a relationship of a of a a business partnership or the relationship you have with relatives or the relationship you have with your work, etc. And it's something that can be made to work. And so many things play a, a role. There's so many variables in, especially in the beginning of a relationship that get you over that, that first hump of, okay, this is getting beyond just casual dating uh whether it be uh family and friends and hobbies and education and 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 the type of movies you like the type of music you like and so many things that play into the the level of uh compatibility that you will have with a particular person they explore this concept much more deeply in the documentary, which I recommend that you guys check out. But the a takeaway that I got from it is that they, in the arranged marriage, which is on like some next level shit now with in terms of like technology and stuff like that. It's not just like, you know, um, the next door neighbor and uh, it's not as like archaic as it sounds, I guess, because to me, uh before knowing learning more about it about the this this uh cultural way of going about marriage 
uh, it was kind of like you know I'll, your father f- trades two goats for uh, somebody else's daughter or something like that you know what I mean and it's kind of like a soulless empty type of existence for you know the guy and the girl in that type of situation that they're forced into unless you're like a hideous dude that winds up marrying up because your pops has a bunch of goats or some shit like that then (laughs) i guess it works out but now it's on some you know like with technology and stuff like that they they and the parents made a point of emphasizing how you know it's not how it was when they had an, uh, you know, got an arranged marriage. That now it's way different because he, for example, the father in the story, uh, explained how he met the mother and they literally had like ten minutes to like conversate and, you know, the families were watching them and stuff like that and and that's it. A decision had to be made, and it was pretty much made for them. Whereas now the they kind of like you know technology facilitates the actual meeting of of uh, potential arranged marriage uh, couples even here in the states and they now have the freedom to meet and then if they choose both uh, the male and the female if they choose to go on a second date uh, they do so you know they can go to the movies they can go on walks they can you know take a year of knowing each other or whatever and the point of at least the way the father explained it, from what I remember, is that, you know, you take a traditional, quote-unquote, love marriage, as uh, it is here in the in the U.S., or traditionally in the U.S., and you put all your eggs in that one basket of being in love, whereas a, you know, and, and like, basing your entire, like, relationship and the fact that it's going to work just based on love, but you ignore or put aside like all these other attributes that eventually show up throughout a relationship and then cause the the turmoil and the issues uh, within a relationship that lead to the 50 plus percent uh, divorce rate that we have in the country. And what the father pointed out is that, you know, all these other attributes, like in terms of compatibility, like education level and the type of family you come from and hobbies and stuff like that, different interests, you you there's so many people that you whittle it down whittle the pool down to people that have at least all of those other attributes in common and then you meet and then you know you you add the love component in that way but you have all the other stuff like working uh in your favor at least when you go into into the situation and there's something i don't know like logical or or like that makes sense about like that at at least like in theory as a process, you know what I mean? Um, and babe, if you're listening, by the way, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm <laughs> very happy with the whole, uh, the way our relationship came to be and worked out, you know what I mean? But on the flip side, I could definitely see an argument for uh, an arranged marriage. And uh, of course, like I said, you have to factor in happiness levels and people feeling like they can't get divorced um and how much weight you put on what like for me like the whole like love thing would be worth more so than a lot of the other stuff if not all of the other stuff but the other stuff combined 
plays a very significant role as well. And that's part of, uh, like what I mentioned before, in terms of you can make a relationship work. It just depends on how much work, not just you, but your partner. Um, it's definitely a two-way street. Um, how much you, you guys are willing to like put into the situation. Um, and, you know, like anything else, you, you get out of it what you put into it. And it's about compromise. And, and there's like definitely a give and a take to it that can't be overlooked. Um, but it's just a, a interesting. It was an interesting documentary. Interesting to see how a different approach to a very uh you know common situation uh, in terms of couples and getting married and stuff like that and it's fun it, it, it's funny to see how like now with technology and stuff like that like they have it on at least here in the states they have it like on some like next level shit where the parents of 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 these kids have or young adults or whatever literally have resumes of their children with their education and their their skin color and and a picture of them and stuff like that and you know they, there's like an underground network of like parents and aunties and stuff like that that pass around these things like oh look my daughter she's 23 and she's looking for a husband between these ages and blah 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 and then the parents the parents do the vetting of their potential uh, future son or daughter-in-law and then they pass that on to the kid and then the kid once like the the people are vetted they have like the final all right these people went through the filtering process of your family and this is who we feel is the best fit for you and you get to choose from this vetted list as opposed to you know just randomly and that's pretty much it so check that out if you guys want to it's called meet the patels and it's available on netflix bike riding i am into bike riding as i've mentioned uh before to you guys i've done the a couple of like bike marathon type things uh the five borough tour uh here in new york city uh which is a 40 40 or 45 mile uh bike ride and it goes through all the five boroughs of new york and uh, i did one other one which was a bitch called the hudson valley uh bike ride and this year i did not uh sign up for the five borough and i do regret that uh definitely looking forward to signing up for it next year but uh that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy uh some bike riding you can't enjoy the actual act of bike riding uh just because you don't have that like end goal or 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 motivating um means to an end and uh, i've gone out twice now uh this year uh so far uh first time around went to forest park with my boy pablo and um clocked in like 13 miles and then this past weekend we did 16 miles went out to there's like a bike trail in bayside by the uh bayside marina like right along like the water there and it was pretty dope. It was the first time that I did that trail. And it was pretty cool. But the only thing that sucks about uh, bike riding, like, near near water, and this is true of, like, the West Side Highway also, which we plan on doing next weekend, is that it's it gets windy. And when the wind is, yeah, like, blowing towards you, 
and you have like that resistance it's like a night and day difference at least for me uh, in terms of of getting through it like i'll literally slow down by like half like i could normally do i guess like uh run keeper clocked me in at like i think i want to say between like four and a half to five minutes per mile or something like that you know with with uh like stopping at the end of uh path or whatever um but that turns into like with the wind resistance it turns into like six and a half to seven minutes or some shit like that and it sucks it, it like it just fucking sucks i hate it uh, when it's against the wind and um but aside from that it's a dope it's a dope trail it, <clears throat> excuse me it's a uh, roomy and has some decent views but 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 my favorite bike trail that i've done is has to be the the west side highway that's the one i enjoy the most um in terms of like the view and stuff like that and the actual straightaway of it and it's pretty dope and like the you see the transition between like neighborhoods because we start off let's say uptown in the heights and we ride all the way down to downtown by uh, the freedom tower and you see like everything in between from like the heights and and morningside heights and uh harlem and through like the park and the marina and the bridges and and the financial district and uh it's just a cool transition of of neighborhoods all right so that's pretty much it in terms of like intro stuff there's one more thing but that pretty much transitions us into the free writing posts that i have uh for you guys which spoiler alert have to do with the book bird by bird by Anne lamott so for any of you that tune in for like writing related shit specifically um here we go here is a really good tip that i got from this book uh bird by bird which um was recommended by a podcast i can't remember which podcast but it's definitely a guest on either the brian callen show or the tim ferris show or jre or like one of the ones that i always um reference but it's a book that i checked out and recently finished uh i listened to the audiobook version of it and it was great and i have to say out of all of 100 percent of the books that i've checked out that i've heard of like on uh, a podcast whether it's someone's like favorite book or or like an actual recommendation of a, of a guest that's like plugging their book or something like that, that I felt like checking out that I actually did check out. I've never been disappointed as well as the majority of like movies or documentaries. Uh, not all in, in that sense, um, uh, in terms of like movies, but most of, most of them, I've definitely not, uh, ever let down from and this was no exception bird by bird by Anne lamott which is some instructions the subtitle to it is some instructions on writing and life there was a really good tip that i got from it in terms of um not writer's block but she described it as well, I guess, yeah, I think, I think she did segue it, like, in, she was speaking about writer's, writer's block and, like, work this into it, and it was a tip from a therapist of hers, 
that uh, she was explaining to the therapist how when she sits down to do her work, you know, she can't get anything done. And she hears like a bunch of voices and, you know, not like little fucking I'm crazy voices, but, uh, you know, like self-criticisms. Like she pictures her mom telling her that she, you know, she needs to write better or a sibling telling her the same thing or an editor telling her that, you know, the, her books and her writing are getting worse and worse. And, you know, like stuff like that, stuff that that we all uh, go through whenever we deal with anything creative, like all the self-doubt and like that type of shit. And she said that a, a tip that the therapist gave her was to picture each and every one of those people um that are telling her these things and picture them as mice and shrink them down to the size of a mouse and you know still letting them you know hearing you know all their negative comments and and criticisms and stuff like that and open up a mason jar grab grab each one of these mice by the tail and put them into the mason jar one by one and you're still hearing them chatter and chatter while you grab them one by one one by one all your work is never going to be good enough one by one just grab them put them all into this mason jar and you're hearing them chatter and chatter and chatter and then you close the mason jar up and you listen for that silence and it's a good tool to try and quiet your mind and I thought that was pretty dope and I wanted to share it with you guys. So definitely try that out. I know I'm going to if I ever come across something like that. Because I, I don't know, I, I definitely suffer from writer's block, right? But I think there's different levels to it, different types of it. And it's, it's not really for me anyway, a type of block that comes from like the fear of criticism because and it's not because i think like any of my shit is like great or anything like that quite the contrary i just have it ingrained in me i guess from reading you know books like uh the war of art and on writing by stephen king and mastery and the 50th law and like stuff like that where it's kind of like ingrained in me that it's part of the process to suck and i feel that um in that phase right now and you know this is just what i'm doing right now and you know eventually i'll work my way out of that but it's a necessary and very learned part of the entire process and even though most of us including myself, probably feel that we're the next Hemingway and we're not, we also won't be completely terrible forever and eventually we'll wind up somewhere in between and I'll definitely be happy with that. But nonetheless, it's a cool, it's a cool tool to try and use when you're ever in that uh, type of situation where it might not even be dealing with anything creative. It might just be um, you know, you second guessing yourself at work or in conversation with someone and how you wish you would have said something and you only think of it afterwards or even not that you think of it afterwards, but they think of, but you're like second guessing yourself to the point that you don't say anything. 
uh, maybe something like this is a tactic that you could uh, use in that type of situation. All right. So like I said, the free writing posts that I have to go over with you guys are both uh, staying within the the vein of Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Uh, they're both quotes from that book. And I just free wrote, you know, based off those quotes that resonated with me for whatever reason. And I'm going to share that with you guys right now. The first post, which again, you guys can check out at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing is on, was posted on the website on June 27th, 2016. And it's, the quote is, you don't always have to chop with the sword of truth. You can point with it too. Now, I'll repeat the quote again, but first I want to place it uh, for you guys uh, so you get a bit of the context of it. And one of the things Anne Lamott does is teach like writing workshops. And she's explaining how in one of the classes that she had, she had one student that was, you know, like a novice writer. And, you know, she has all all different levels of writer whether it's people that just love writing for the fun of it people that want to be professional writers people that are just starting out and just dabbling and everything in between so she had a a student read uh his writing assignment and then there was another uh chick in the class or female writer rather in the class that she was like more of a seasoned writer and everybody gave the guy supposedly sucked um she uh, admitted it as well um but everybody kind of gave like just the not constructive criticism but the they highlighted the stuff that they thought worked and everybody stayed away from the, the things that were very clearly horrible except for this one uh, female student in the class that pretty much flipped out and kind of tried to give like a tough love, tough love approach and said that, uh, you know, how's he ever going to get better? If people just baby him and don't tell him that, that he sucks and he's not doing well and that he doesn't know what plot is and blah, 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 blah et cetera, et cetera. And that's the picture she painted, which introduced this quote when, um, she pretty much said that after the class, the female student approached her and said, do you think I'm a monster? And she told her, I think that a lot of what you said was warranted. However, and this is where the quote comes in. You don't have to chop with the sword of truth. I'm sorry. Let me repeat that. You don't always have to chop with the sword of truth. You can point with it too. And this is what I wrote to that. Some people say you should call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. And you should. But not always. That's where this quote ranks true for me. Where some situations in life warrant the blind justice of a sword. And others the compassionate precision of a scalpel. You can choose to mute others with your truths or convert them into being a mouthpiece for that truth. And it's 
very likely to be determined in how you choose to approach a particular situation. I wrote that on Monday, June 20th, 2016 at 12.49 a.m. I don't know. I just really don't feel that every situation should be covered the same way when it comes to like shit like this. You know what I mean? Um, where you have absolutely situations that do warrant this type of like tough love type of approach, you know, someone that's like, I don't know, an alcoholic family member or, uh, someone on heroin or something like sick shit like that, you know, like, yeah, you need some fucking tough love with that type of stuff, but everything doesn't fall under a, that type of black and white paradigm you know sometimes you need to finesse the situation a little bit and everyone coming out of a particular situation happier and better than they went into a situation is or can be a better outcome than people coming out of a given situation unhappy but quote-unquote right that tough love shit definitely doesn't work for everyone and there's some people that the you know the other approach that i'm mentioning here um doesn't work for of course everyone is different but i'll give you uh an example of a story that i heard the rock tell and he pretty much i'm not sure if i spoke about this on the podcast before i know i've spoken about it before i just i'm not sure if i've spoken about it on the actual podcast but he tells a story of a high school teacher that he was a dick to and he pretty much went into the teacher's lounge and to take a piss or something like that the teacher told him that he's not supposed to be there you know as being a obnoxious teenager and told them you know whatever I'll, I'll leave when i'm done or curse them out or something like that and left afterwards and then the the next day you know he felt he felt like shit when he went home and then the next day he found that teacher he went up to him and apologized to him and told him that he shouldn't have spoken spoke to him that way and he disrespected him and that he apologized and hopes hopes that he accepts his apology and he the teacher in turn told him that he accepts his apology but that he needs he wants him to join his football team and that's how he will you know if he joins his football team he'll you know call it even or whatever and that's what the rock did and the rock attributes he said if he had to pinpoint uh one person or a specific scenario that changed the trajectory of his life it would be that situation and that compassion and that um uh break i guess if you want to call it that or goodwill that that teacher showed him and i think that's a good example of where that teacher chose to point him in the direction of truth and the direction of betterment, the direction of, you know, discipline and, and a lot of the character traits that he himself said that he learned on that football, um, uh, field. And then, you know, went to pay play, I think, uh, D one ball in college and, you know, further reinforce, uh, those, uh, life lessons and learning experiences, et cetera, et cetera. And he attributes all his success to that one moment. And the teacher could have, pointed him 
in that direction like he did like he chose to do or tell him to go fuck himself and tell him that he, you know he's a piece of shit brat kid and and shove his apology up his ass or something like that and the outcome could have been very much different so again i couldn't agree more with that statement and uh, i'm not gonna bore you guys with more of that the next one and the last one is also from the book bird by bird by Anne lamott and it is located at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and it's also posted on june 27th 2016 and the quote is publication is not all that it's cracked up to be but writing is writing has so much to give so much to teach so many surprises that thing you had to force yourself to do the actual act of writing turns out to be the best part it's like discovering that while you thought you needed the tea ceremony for the caffeine what you really needed was the tea ceremony the act of writing turns out to be its own reward end quote and to this i wrote what a great metaphor for life up there with the it's all about the journey not the destination and only make moves when your heart's in it shout out to biggie this highlights what we all viscerally know to be true when our intentions are pure going in our results are likely well i completely fucked that up partly because i misspelled our and wrote out let me just pause this shit real quick and fix that all right so let me do it from the top what a great metaphor for life up there with the it's all about the journey not the destination and only make moves when your heart's in it shout out to biggie this highlights what we all viscerally viscerally know to be true when our intentions aren't pure going in our results are likely murky at best that's not to say we can't end up with unfavorable results if we go into a given situation with the best of intentions nor that personal gain shouldn't be part of the intentional equation just don't make it the main component you cook in order to eat but you become a chef in order to cook next time you're taking a sip of your ceremonial tea and preparing for something great take a step back realize that you're already smack dab in the middle of it and enjoy continue to create in perpetuity and i wrote that on tuesday june 21st 2016 at 10 52 p.m and you are smack dab in the middle of the greatest episode of the spun today let me stop i definitely like this line of it and i'm gonna do a shameless uh pat on the back to myself here you cook in order to eat but you become a chef in order to cook and i think that helps in resonating the point that it's all about the process like Anne lamott said in the quote above that made me 
motivated me to free write this little piece um, is that the act of writing turns out to be its own reward. And that reminds me of something else I'm pretty sure I did mention in the podcast before, but I don't remember where it's from exactly, but it's uh, like a quote or a saying of, do maybe it was Stephen King. Um, do you write because you enjoy the process of writing or do you write because you enjoy the process of having written? And to me, it's both because when I'm in it, you know, when you're in, when you force yourself to sit down and actually do the work, like Stephen Pressfield says, and you get in the flow of it, it's like nothing better. There's no better high. But many of us, including myself, are like results driven people, right? It's in our DNA to to evolve and progress and and to do better at shit. And it does feel good to like look back at a specific body of work, whether it's a free writing piece or a short story or a photograph or a painting or whatever it is that you're into. And just being able to say, I did that and feel I did that and connect with I did that. But just don't lose sight of the fact that the actual doing of that, when you're smack dab in the middle of it, is the sweetest sweet spot that you could be in. And that's it, folks. That's the episode. Episode 50. There's been 50 of these motherfuckers put out there into the universe. And I haven't gotten kicked off the internet yet, so can't be that bad, right? Um, all right, folks. Uh, some housework here at the end. And I got to see... What uh, music music I'm going to drop into the outro here like I did last time. I like the way that came out. I think I'm going to do that more often. Um, let's see. How to support the show. First off, fill out the questionnaire. And there's links in the episode notes to the questionnaire, which is a five-question questionnaire. Uh, for any creative types out there that are interested, uh, you can remain anonymous if you want to. Um, or you don't have to. Either way, I'm going to read your responses on a future episode of the podcast. If you're so interested, uh, check out the episode notes. The link is in there for the Spun Today questionnaire. If you're into photography, like I said, uh, check out some of the photography located at spuntoday.com forward slash photography that you can download digitally for free uh, you can also check them out on my instagram at spun today on the facebook fan page facebook.com forward slash spun today which hopefully you will like if you want to check out this episode on youtube you can do so by clicking the youtube uh, icon or link on my website at spun today.com it'll take you to my youtube page and in the youtube page youtube uh, podcast episode version of this episode i'm gonna add like a bunch of the camping pictures and like stuff like that that you guys can can check out while you listen to the actual episode if you want to do that and if you happen to like any of the pictures one of which i really like was a like an abandoned old school look like 1960s 70s like fire engine um that was there that was like old and rustic and like beat up and 
um, like undrivable, but just look like aesthetically dope. And uh, there's a couple pictures of that, which I thought was pretty cool. And yeah, if you guys are are interested in any of those uh, pictures and you guys want actual prints of it, you can go to crated, C-R-A-T-E-D.com forward slash spun today and order yourself some posters and prints and stuff you guys ever hear of amazon.com it's like this website where you can buy anything from a house to a sticky well actually i don't know if you can buy houses on there but you can buy anything for your house on there and you can if you listen to podcasts you know the deal every podcast has their amazon banner affiliate link and it's definitely a great way for you to help if you shop on amazon which you most likely do you can go through my website portal at sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links and you can click on the amazon banner on there go on amazon do your shopping like you normally do it does not cost you anything extra and it helps support the podcast so check that out check out the book bird by bird by Anne lamont which i just referenced and do so through my portal and it'll help out speaking of dope books that you can find on amazon check out make way for you it's my first book it's tips for getting out of your own way if you enjoyed this free writing session of the podcast or any of the previous ones it's similar stuff to that uh to this compiled um I pulled out from like three years worth of free writing, uh, pulled out stuff that I found a common thread or common pattern of just like motivating and inspiring myself and, you know, give myself a bit of a kick in the ass uh, pep talk, if you will, uh, to actually continue writing and podcasting and uh, learning how to, you know, format the book and put it out there and actually uh, self-publish it and hopefully something within that would give you that similar type of spark and that's my honest true hope for that book and you can check it out now not only on on amazon and kindle uh for the ebook or paperback uh version of it but you can also get the ebook now available on ibooks and your local ibooks amazon um apple ibook store as well as kobo k-o-b-o and through those mediums probably through anywhere else ebooks are available and if you don't want to purchase it for the very low $2.99 fee you can just go to my website spuntoday.com forward slash books drop in your email address and i will shoot you over a free digital copy of the book so check that out rate and review the podcast on itunes stitcher google play pocket casts or any of your favorite podcatchers that would be very much so appreciated follow me on twitter at spun today subscribe to the youtube page like i said before check out the tumblr page which also has each and every episode of the spun today podcast on it if that's your thing check it out on there you can donate to the show via Patreon at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash spun today. If you happen to like any particular episode or show, 
uh, you can uh, donate on there a buck a show would be very much so appreciated and the final plug here is the midday monday boost letter it's my weekly newsletter that i send out as the name says midday on monday 12 o'clock noon you will receive one email from me once a week with five really cool things on it a picture of the week a podcast of the week a video of the week a quote of the week to motivate your ass on a very sluggish monday and a word of the week to step up your vocab so check it out midday monday boost letter you can subscribe at sponsor.com forward slash newsletter and as always folks substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams thanks for listening my bad boys and girls i'm back consider this a bonus feature of the 50th episode of the spun today podcast but there was a, a clip that i wanted to play for you guys from the audiobook of bird by bird by Anne lamont which definitely goes along with the theme of this podcast or at least of this specific episode of the podcast that i thought was insightful and funny at the same time and i wanted to share with you guys so here you go check it out peace the problem that comes up over and over again is that these people want to be published they kind of want to write but they really want to be published you'll never get to where you want to be that way i tell them there is a door we all want to walk through and writing can help you find it and open it writing can give you what having a baby can give you it can get you to start paying attention can help you soften can wake you up but publishing won't do any of those things You'll never get in that way. My son, Sam, at three and a half, had these keys to a set of plastic handcuffs, and one morning he intentionally locked himself out of the house. I was sitting on the couch reading the newspaper when I heard him stick his plastic keys into the doorknob and try to open the door. Then I heard him say, Oh, shit. My whole face widened, like the guy in Edvard Munch's scream. After a moment, I got up and opened the front door. Honey, I said, What'd you just say? I said, Oh, shit, he said. But honey, that's a naughty word. Both of us have absolutely got to stop using it, okay? He hung his head for a moment, nodded, and said, Okay, Mom. Then he leaned forward and said confidentially, But I'll tell you why I said shit. I said, Okay. And he said, Because of the fucking keys. Fantasy keys won't get you in. Almost every single thing you hope publication will do for you is a fantasy, a hologram. It's the eagle on your credit card that only seems to soar. What's real is that if you do your scales every day, if you slowly try harder and harder pieces, if you listen to great musicians, play music you love, you'll get better. At times when you're working, you'll sit there feeling hungover and bored, and you may or may not be able to pull yourself up out of it that day. But it is fantasy to think that successful writers do not have these bored, defeated hours, these hours of deep insecurity when one feels as small and jumpy as a water bug. They do. But they also often feel a great sense of amazement that they get to write, and they know that this is what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And so if one of your heart's deepest longings is to write, there are ways to get your work done, and a number of reasons why it is important to do so.